Hello, hi, I hope you are well, I hope you are good. Welcome to the 11th episode of the African Film Podcast. If this is the first time you're with the African Film Podcast, this is a space where we explore African cinema through film recommendations, as well as pertinent conversations with practitioners working within the field. So we usually start with the film recommendation and then we get into the conversation. So for today's film recommendation, it finds us going all the way back to West Africa, to Nigeria, with the increasingly dark drama, The Delivery Boy. Written and directed by Arikunle Adejuigbe, this is a film which takes us into the world of Nigerian suicide bombings and the people who are groomed to participate in them. So at the start of the film, introduced to Amir, a teenager who is a suicide bomber on the run. When we meet him, Amir has poisoned the food of one of his compatriots in order to get a key to a safe that has information that he's been wanting. When he failed at this mission because his compatriot ate the key in a moment of self-defense, Amir then goes out on the run to get this information on his own. We soon find out that he was an orphan who was adopted by a religious leader and when he was adopted his name was changed from Joseph to Amir. Now Amir is not the most charismatic or subtle person and he soon finds himself within a public altercation that finds him being chased by a mob. And it's within being chased and running for survival that he finds an unlikely kinship with a sex worker who herself is being chased after by an unruly um, previous client. So Amir doesn't seem to be too au fair with the specific city and thus enlists the help of the sex worker to be able to gain the specific information he's trying to get as we learn more about how he became or how he got into the situation of being a suicide bomber. Of course you know who I am. Yes, I be one of them. But no, I not be like them. What does that matter to you? No. For your mind, I be butcher, kidnapper, murderer. In fact, na me be the devil. And you think say you know me. But what do you really know? Do you know my mother? Do you know my brothers, my sisters, how I take wheelchair? Or you think say I be one mumu we no get any origin or dreams? If I tell you my story, you go listen. You might think you know me, but what if you're wrong? What if my story go move you past anything where you don't ever see? And what if it go show you that truth where they always run away from? That after all said and done, you are just like me. So The Delivery Boy is a melodramatic affair that comes in at a brisk 66 minutes, which is just over an hour. And in my opinion, I think some of the film's story points are kind of hindered by that fact as we sometimes get given a lot of story in the form of like soliloquies, which if the film was maybe 90 minutes long had been given a bit more of a canvas to explore could have been given a little bit more time to breathe and explore visually but besides that i actually think it is very much it's definitely worth a watch it's an engaging film with very strong characters unique characters it's fast-paced it's got some very gripping and engaging set pieces it's very daring in the way that it does bring you into its unique perspective it's got a very topical energy in terms of we're dealing with deep issues and does so in a melodramatic way so if you do like melodramatic content this is definitely one to watch it is available on netflix for those of you who do want to check it out and that has been our film recommendation for episode 11 the delivery boy now on to our guest 
Today's episode is one of our more technical conversations as we dive into the world of story development and script consulting. Our guest this week is a veteran in the game, being an approved script editor for bodies like the NFVF, the KZN Film Commission, as well as distributors like AAA Entertainment. She's also been a film producer as well as a reader, so she brings a lot of great information about how it is that stories are built and are developed for film so if that's something that you are interested in please do stick around her name is tracy lee rayners and that is what you can look forward to on our 11th episode of the african film podcast i hope you enjoy and here's the episode Welcome to African Film. This lady is a titan within the industry in terms of writing and pre-production. She is a script consultant and more than just a script consultant, she's been a producer. She's worked on shows both within the fiction and non-fiction realm from shows like Short Left all the way to being one of the story consultants for places like the NFEF. Has been a council member for the Writers Guild. The way that I was introduced to her was through one of our other guests, Pascal, who was on a previous episode talking about sales and distribution. And he said, when I asked him who he thinks I should also be having conversations in terms of getting people to have a greater understanding of our industry. This was the first name that popped up. And her name is Tracy Lee Rayners. And also just give us what I may have missed out within your specific journey. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. I think this is great. It's my first podcast interview, so yay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm a little bit nervous uh, because it's my first podcast interview, but I think it's it's like a normal interview, so I shouldn't be, right? Yeah, it's just a conversation. It's a conversation between two people. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, I'm I'm a development specialist. I'm a story consultant. I work as a story editor. I've worked as a leader, a writer, storyliner. I started my experience in production offices, working on shows, uh, directing and producing shows, content directing shows. There's always been this gap in development. I've seen it for TV shows and for drama series and I always hoped and prayed and wished that funders, investors, broadcasters would give more time to the development area. If it's not there, you know, my philosophy is you are very much a part of the industry, so you need to make it work and make it happen. So I started specializing in development because there was this lack of resource and understanding. So my career focus right now and what I've been doing right now is very much in the development sector for film and TV series and very little in the production stage of the industry because I think there's a lot of focus on production and post-production already but very little in development and also I've got a real passion for storytelling I've got a real passion for writers and working with writers in a writing room I've got a real passion for seeing projects come through the stages you know and watching it with an audience observing their reactions and I mean for me if they react the way we envisioned in that writer's room you know in that story session then that's success so I'm driven and fueled by the fact that storytelling is about the story it's about the writer 
but it's also about the audience receiving the story as intended and visualized by the writer but it's never going to be completely clear cut because an audience bring their own experience to a film so you can watch a film and I can watch a film we both might laugh because it's a comedy but you might connect more dots because you might have a life experience that's similar to the protagonist to the main character I might yeah. not storytelling is a very great tool it's very sacred but yeah we must never forget that it, it's part of the industry so we need to connect with the audience since as you said you are a lover of story one of the things that we always ask our guests because this originally started as a film club at the beginning of lockdown every week we had like watch parties so what is your favorite african film and why is it your favorite african film Really good question. But first, before I get into that, well done. So this is the evolution of your project. This is well done. You know that it's evolved from <laughs> watching films to actually being this community. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So I've got two favorite. Well, I've got many films, old films that I really like watching from different parts of the continent. But my two top films, one is an old film and one is on Netflix. So the one on Netflix is a South African film called Seriously Single. I don't know if you've seen. I it. have. I love anything that has Tumi Morake in it. I believe she is a fantastic actress and just a great on-screen personality. What I loved a lot about Seriously Single is the chemistry between Fulu and Tumi. Morake was just you felt their friendship yeah you did you did I mean to me it's fantastic I'm biased because I was a script consultant on that project so it's a film that I really really enjoyed it was a process that I really really enjoyed in terms of being the script consultant in the development stages of the film I loved working with the producers Drama Pakelas who are fantastic fantastic and the writer Luazi also amazing so I loved working with all of them and it was a great collaboration process because everybody was in alignment. But the reason why I also mentioned that as one of my favorite films is because that film translated. So sometimes you work on a script and, it, you know, when you send off the polished draft to the producers, it just looks great. You can imagine it. Everything works in terms of story logic, you know, and all these plot holes are all solved. But then you watch the film on screen and you're like, oh, what happened in between you know <laughs> yeah. yeah what happened in production why did they cast that character i mean why did you know why is that actress in this film why did they add those lines or they cut out the sequence but for seriously single it wasn't uh, the case um what i saw on screen was fantastic um it was great it translated and so it's my favorite one of my favorite african films because it does give insight into the experiences of a young african woman you know searching for love and finding self and to me that is something that even though it's a south african film it's a universal journey do you remember when we fell in love i know we weren't going to do vows but i need to say something I am so happy that I finally have someone to come home to. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did I make this all up in my head? It was the love of my life, you know? And we were gonna get married. You were together for two months. It was two and a half months, Nuni. And you know it. You're single now. Girl, you can do whatever the hell you wanna do. I'm single now. Yeah! Three simple rules, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, do not give out your real phone number. Number two, do not talk about your exes. Number three, don't have sex with a guy more than once. Otherwise, it counts as a relationship. Is your dad's name Oliver? 
Cause you're gonna be all over this. Maybe you and I we could be like friends. See, you can't be friends with someone you've had sex with. And what makes you so sure about that? Experience. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, no. Experience? What experience? How is this enough for you? And it was received well across the world. It was. But I mean, that process, development process was really good. And I mean, you have to give it to the Ramakpakelas because they made something. The end product was fantastic. You know, they pulled everything together. They're one of the production companies that consistently focus on, or at least from the output that I've seen, they have a solid understanding of comedy, not just comedy, but entertainment for the audience in terms of stuff, which when you're watching, you know that you're going to go in for a show and you're going to go in for some nice um, relief. Exactly. And they're one of the few producers out there that actually understand story and value story. And I think you need to work with producers that are in alignment with you in terms of development is important. Yeah. Once that understanding and philosophy is there and everybody's on the same page, the process is much smoother. I mean, you know, it's, it's much better. And then I just want to get to my second film because I have to mention it because it's been uh, my favorite film since forever. It's a Senegalese filmmaker. His name is Jabril Mambeti. His film is Hyenas. He made Tuki Buki and many other films. Wait, this is Mati Diop's uncle, I'm, um, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. That's the uncle. I mean, uh, he was a great filmmaker because he understood visual language, but he also had something really important to say using his films. Hyenas is a great film for me because, you're, you know, the anti-hero in the film, the femme fatale character is a female, an older female woman that comes back for revenge. And I love that, you know, so it's a film that uses the trope of the femme fatale. It uses the journey of revenge, but in this specific context, and it uses symbol. So symbol and subtext use so well. So the dialogue isn't much, but we champion her because she's out for revenge. Yes, she does horrible things, plays the community up against the person that she wants them to kill in exchange for money. <laughs> but she's justified. We learned that this was a young woman that fell in love with a man. She got pregnant. He uh, didn't want the baby. He didn't want her. He shamed her and she was led into exile and as a result became a prostitute, but also came into contact with really powerful men. She was an innocent. She was a person that was in love and she changed into what she is, you know, in the story when we meet her. So yeah. I feel yeah. that this story in terms of femme fatale is so much, in my opinion, so much better than the kill bulls of the world. <laughs> so much better than so many of these Hollywood films that we see. But very few people have seen this film. It's a great film. Well, as you were speaking, I wanted to check and it is available on Showmax. If you haven't, I know I have not watched it and I'm definitely going to go watch it after this, but it is available available on Showmax if you want to go watch Hyenas. That's great. I would love to hear what you what you think afterwards. Um, maybe we can have a little bit of a discussion about it. Definitely. So now for the people who do not know exactly what it is a script consultant is or what is a script editor and more importantly, how did you come into, I know you kind of gave us the journey as to why you got into the developmental space, but how is it that you actually found out about this specific job and what are the kind of tenets of it that you, that, that you believe make it as valuable as it really is to the industry? 
So there's two parts to that question. So how did I find out about it? I yeah. always thought that a writer just goes and writes, gives it to a director and they make a film. So it was always, you know, in my mind, extremely simple. Very early on um, in my 20s, I thought that was the case because you don't get told what script editors do or story consultants or development specialists. But I've always been around writers and filmmakers. I've always wanted to know what the development process and production process was and is like. And the person that clarified to me what the process was like in terms of involving a script editor or story editor was Clarence Hamilton. So they had this program many years back called Sadiba. It was a fantastic program. He was part of the group that spearheaded the Sadiba program. Is this the Sadiba Sparks program or is, or is that separate to the Sparks program? This is the Sparks program, but it was an extension of it. It was called the Sadiba Masters, which was a fantastic program. And that clarified what the development process was, introduced a way of working. To me, it was fantastic. I think it was one of the best experiences of my life, really. I learned so much. And I realized that I am a story editor, I'm a story consultant, because I work really well with writers. I enable a writer to get to the vision of their story. I ask the right questions. I've also got a great knowledge of film. I am a writer and a storyliner as well. I understand the industry in terms of what you need for production and distribution, you know, what audiences receive well, how the market is changing. So all of that knowledge during this uh, Sadiba Masters program, it all sort of just made sense that, wow, that this is an actual job and a purpose and there's a need for this, especially in our industry, to collaborate and to create an environment for a screenwriter or even a TV writer, a group of writers, if it's a, a TV series, to create something that is compelling, entertaining. Yeah for a specific market. So Clarence Hamilton was intrinsic in that process and a lot of other people during that time, the late Tandy Brewer, also a very good mentor and also a co-founder of the Writers Guild of South Africa and many others. So it was during that program that it sort of all made sense for me. The Sadiba yeah. Masters program, yeah. So then how would you describe the relationship between a writer and a script consultant? You know... It's a, this is not just a job, <laughs> writing, you know, and working on story. I think it's much more than that. It, it, it has to do with, with, with people. It has to do with life philosophies and values. So the relationship is always about the people, but it's also about the story. What happens is a writer has a project or a script that they want to refine and shape and they, they need the help. Maybe they need someone to collaborate with or they need to bounce certain ideas ideas off in a brainstorming session or a few sessions or they need notes back what happens is they get in touch with or their producer gets in touch with a story consultant and then there's a meeting you know if the story consultant feels that oh this log line or synopsis sounds good and this genre is you know sort of up my alley because I also look at the genre of a story before I join the team so there's a meeting that happens and I think the meeting is more sort of a feeling each other out what sort of films do you like you know so what is your you know your background uh, what is the story about? You know, the writer will ask a sto story consultant. Story consultant would also engage with the writer. And then if there is an alignment or a meeting of minds and energies and hearts, the story consultant comes on board and then a process is created. So if the writer is starting with an outline, for example, a broad outline, and they have six or seven months to get to a script, the script consultant will create a schedule and a process 
for uh, yeah. the writer and 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 the script consultant to work and create an enabling environment for the writer to get to what they want to say and also always keeping in mind where the story is going to, what the market is, what the platform is, because that's really important. And normally a producer or creative producer is involved during that process, you know, where they in a, a couple of those meetings or um, they also read the forensic notes that the story uh, consultant sends through to the writer. And there's a conversation and there's a way of engaging and every situation is different. Some writers like the process where there's a schedule and there's deliverables where they don't really want to have meetings, but they want the script consultant to read their project and then send through detailed notes, forensic notes, where they highlight the strengths, but also the challenges. And the script consultant will also send through suggestions on how to perhaps make the story better and why, and um, keeping in mind the references of the genre and the film that the writer and the producer wants to make. Other people don't like notes. Other writers prefer if there's a meeting and a discussion. So it's a bit more <laughs> So organic. they can hear the tone of what the no how the notes are coming out. Exactly. Some So the script consultant, you know, um, her job, his job is to, is to understand the dynamic, you know, between the writer and the producer and the story and herself and to create um, a process that works for the story and the writer because you want to end the process with something valuable at the end of it. You want to get to a, you know, a story that is strong, that means something for the producer and whoever the you know, distributor is and whoever the market is. And it's honest, uh, you know, a story that's honest um, in terms of what the writer intended to say, what the philosophy of the story is, what the controlling idea is the, uh, the term, which I, you know, a lot of people don't know that it's, which is just basically what you want to say with a story. Because <laughs> when you have to do a treatment, it's one of the things that you have to put in from logline, tagline, controlling idea, and then your character flow flaws and all those other things character strengths character flaws exactly you're a writer <laughs> yes, yes you're a writer <laughs> you know but the thing is my job is also this well what i what i really like doing is i like simplifying that jargon because a lot of people know what they need to put down if you simplify it i find you know sometimes the writers don't understand what a controlling idea is so then i introduce the terminology of what a controlling idea is and i tell them that's the argument of your story what you want to say and i give examples so i think the script consultant the story editor's job really is to make the process simple and like I said to create that enabling environment for the writer so that they can get to the best possible story at the end of the process. I love writer's rooms. My introduction to writer's rooms was actually on Isibaya. That was the first. No, it was Isidengo, then Isibaya. So Isibaya was, but my that was my first one where I actually had a storyline in credit. What I really enjoy about writer's rooms is that you're able to get to plot holds a lot quicker if you have a writer's room or if you're able to kind of bounce ideas off of other people because you may believe you have this story and then that person will ask a question, which at initially you might not be able to answer then it sits in the back of your head and you're like hmm and I also know that when you're writing by yourself it actually yeah it, it can be I don't want to say very lonely but you can get so into the characters and into this world that sometimes it's hard to kind of get out of it and getting getting a second opinion or even having someone to bounce off of is able to kind of not, not necessarily hold you accountable but hold the characters and the story accountable in ways that you may if you have this specific bump that you're like you know I get to the third act or I get midway through the second act and I know where I'm trying to go but I can't really get to this climax the way I want to in this scene. I've just written the scene because I need to get the beats out, but it's not working. 
Correct, correct. And, and and you find that you have the answers with you, inside of you, but you're so caught up in the minutiae, you know, the detail of the process that you, you know, you can't see the answer. You can't see the solution, maybe. Yeah. My process is that I ask questions. I give suggestions when I really, really need to, and I give, you know, possible solutions. But I always believe that the writer has what they need inside of them. So it's my job to sort of create the conversation and ask questions that lead us to the writer discovering the answer for himself so that he embraces it. Because if you just give a solution, if it's not owned, if it doesn't come from you, sometimes it's really difficult, you know, to implement. And embrace it. Exactly. The first port of call is to, you know, get the writer to solve it. And I always believe that the writer has the answers inside of them. It's just how you ask the questions and how you sort of unearth what you need to unearth as a script consultant for the writer to get where they need to get. So what I want to understand then, so for example, I started script writing uh, when I was nine years old. I think around nine years old, nine, 10 years old, as you kind of get into the industry specifically because our industry is uh, quite developed, but it's also still quite uh, niche. So you kind of get into a place where you have to realize that you have to write for audiences. And sometimes the audience audience can change between you writing for a specific channel and the channel is the audience, as opposed to also writing for audience in terms of people at home and they're the audience. As a script consultant, or what are some of the things that you think writers need to be aware of when they're now getting out of now instead of just writing for themselves and now writing specifically for a platform or for a client per se yeah i think that's an excellent question because that is literally the issue i think a lot of writers believe that writing and developing a story is done in a silo of all the other departments and all the other stages of filmmaking and it's not it's all one thing so you know writers need to understand where the audiences are and what they want they need to understand what the platform that they're writing for is about and a lot of that is asking questions and researching you know, if you're writing for a Netflix compared to an Apple TV platform, it is slightly different. So you need to watch what's on there, what sort of stories are on there, what is the platform wanting, what is the brand about. And I think research is really important, but also asking questions and then getting information from producers that have produced for that platform or for that genre and they were successful and speaking to distributors about what the info, the current info is about what the market is about the more information you have you know the better but at the same time I try and also steer writers away from writing something for a market in a sense of not having a story but like okay no rom-coms work that story was about a woman going through a breakup I'm going to sort of copy that (laughs) I find that that is also not the answer I think writing is about a truth it's about honesty It's about authenticity. So if you've got a story to tell, I think you need to understand what you want to say and surround yourself with enablers and an environment to tell that story, but understand that it's going to go somewhere. And if you want it to go to a big screen, a theatrical release, if you want it to go and, you know, have an audience, it might be really difficult if you're writing something that is sort of art house and niche. So you have to understand there's a balance in terms of writing something that is honest and and, and, and truthful because I think writers have something to say 
but not also seeing it only and purely as a proposition, but that it's a story. <laughs> it's something that, you know, I, in, in my opinion, lives and breathes as well. Also, yeah. don't cut out where it's going to. Storytelling is incomplete if it's not received by the audience, in my opinion, if it's not connected to who you're telling the story for. You know, this is a, it's a, it's a cyclic uh, process. And I think that's really important. So I think in short, the, you know, the, the answer is to get as much information as possible and know exactly where it's going to platform wise and research, know what has worked, what hasn't worked and what the appetite of the market is. I think that really is important. Things change really quickly because of, you know, online media. So I think you need to, you need to sort of keep abreast with all of the changes. And if you're not sure, ask, but yeah. That's the short answer. <laughs> Are you a Telco Mobile user? If so, Enraptured Odyssey has teamed up with other independent filmmakers to create the channel Mzansi TV, available on the new service Telcom Plus. Mzansi TV is an online channel curated with web series, short films, and comedy series independently produced by some of the most trailblazing youth here in Mzansi. For only three rand subscription per day, you get full access to all the content on Zanzi TV. The channel is available to Telcom Mobile and Telcom Data subscribers. Because I think, for me, I think it's a very interesting time because I've kind of grown up within this era of web series because I've had both the pleasure of writing for clients and then writing also for myself. I think that there's a happy balance when you're able to do both because when you write for client, when you're writing for, um, for example, for a channel in terms of doing a original Mzanti magic movie or television series, you then understand a lot more about how to talk to specific people or what it is those specific people want. And then at the same time, Time when you do web series or at least within my web series you're then able to also just outside of if what you feel your true voice is not within the platforms that are currently available you're able to explore your own kind of writing style within your web series and that's where you kind of get to craft your voice and then once you've got that out there it also kind of gives you slight liberties when you go back to specific clients to say this is what i've done this is how it was received and this is more of what i kind of want to jump onto with my next project it may not be the same but kind of find a middle ground that both meets what my writing style or the specific writing style I want to develop is as well as meet what it is that you guys as a client or want to kind of project because when you do speak about writing development I do believe writing development is one of the least the things which is given the least attention because sometimes even when you're working within normal big television shows it's where you get past the second draft in television which is quite scary <laughs> because sometimes you don't really get a lot of chances to kind of nuance or even figure out sometimes you haven't even fully figured out the character or the the story and now you have to really submit and then it's out there and then you have to live with the story which you are still kind of fleshing out or kind of trying to find what the right middle is so I think there's a great fun or a great exploration that comes within looking at web series and just even doing that for yourself so that that can also be explore, your exploration ground if, if, you're, if you're a young writer or if you just want to write something that's not within what the market quote unquote wants at that specific point. True. You have to have a good understanding of the entire value chain. You have to have a good understanding of platforms and markets. But at the same time, don't just knee jerk and write something for the sake of writing something that, you know, you see as a product. I think you have to, you also have to respect, <laughs> you know, what, what goes into writing, 
what goes into storytelling, you know, and you also have to respect because I believe I'm one of those um, idealists. I do believe in a, sometimes a story chooses a vessel, a writer. Yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, that writer has to tell that story. But I believe if it comes from a place of honesty and truth and discipline in terms of how you are going to shape it, I think there will be a market. But yeah, get as much information as possible about about the entire value chain. So when I was talking about the quote unquote market, it's uh, when we when we're essentially still speaking about main um, or mainstream platforms because the beauty of online or specifically like YouTube or even a lot of the aggregators that have started coming abroad is that they allow you to then try whatever wild thing you want to try and then see how it works and then kind of craft from there. But now what I also want to get into is you have, you've created your own company called Story Oasis. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey with that and how that, what caused you to start Story Oasis and how that journey has kind of been for you? Yeah, well, my company is called Stiletto. Story Oasis is a development hub. Um, underneath oh, it's the development the, hub. Yeah, it's underneath the company. So it's under Stiletto. And literally how it came about was very natural, actually, very organic. People have been coming to me with stories. <laughs> They've been emailing and phoning writers. I've been saying, listen, I've got a story. You know, I've been trying to get funding for it or I've been, I've been trying to get a producer on board. I've been trying to get interest and no one is biting. I don't know what's wrong. Can you help? So that's how it started. You know, there's a need. And I was like, okay, yes, I can help. But this is a business as well, right? So a lot of writers don't have the money to pay rates for story consultants. <laughs> so each situation is different. I, I do respond to writers and filmmakers, you know, that don't have funding and that need help. If there's something in their concept or story um, that I think might work if, you know, we develop further. So it was based on a need. And so what I did is um, I created a process I suggest this is the process you know this would be the cost over so many months and this would be the outcome or output and then the writer goes back and if they're not ready they postpone and they come back later everyone has I mean writers that have made contact with me always come back they postpone and come back later and or if they want to start immediately we set time aside and we go through the process and what I find that is that the writer also has an under especially emerging writers first time a filmmakers, writers who've maybe written for TV or made for TV films, but not really, you know, anything outside of that. Yeah, they, there's no clarity about the process. So when they're working with me, there's a clarity in terms of what the process is, you know. And so they uh, flex their storytelling muscles, their writing muscles, but also the very important muscle of taking on notes and implementing notes. Because if you're going to work in this industry, you're going to get notes from producers, from distributors, from executives. If you're writing something for TV or SVOD platform, you're going to get notes you know, how to read a note is really important, you know, not to get, um, not to get too emotional about a note. It's really hard to say not emotional because when writers write, um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, and you get any sort of critique, there is a sort of a response of, oh, you know, I didn't get it right, but it's not about getting it right. It's about growing and developing. I've fallen victim to that. When, when the note initially comes, it feels emotional. And then sometimes I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, remove the emotion from it. Don't respond. Come back when you cooled off and then look at the note again and then understand what it is that they're trying to say. So even earlier about the two different types of uh, writers that you kind of work with, they're, they're ones who just like the notes and then give them back. And then the others who like call, I'm usually the one who like calls just to get deeper understanding. <laughs> 
No, I think yeah, and I'm and and look, it's a uh, it's very hard, you know, when 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 people say don't get emotional about it, you know, it's very hard when you sort of poured your worldviews or you know your experiences or your imagination and your emotions into writing something because you have to bring something of yourself to whatever you're writing even if it's for you know a soap opera for tv you're gonna have to bring something of yourself so when you get and you make choices and those choices are your choices for the reasons that you make them right but when you get a note you know the first i mean it, it's a natural reaction they even the the most you know professional you know 30 years in the industry writers there's still a reaction so i think you need to look at the note for what it is you know what is the remember the executive or the producer wants the project to be the best possible project so they are really yeah. on your side they're on your team they're giving a note and you have to think about the note and read the note. And if the note isn't clear, you need to ask what the note is. What is the challenge in what, you know, I sent through? And I think maybe that comes in in those story meetings and the conversation. But if you read a note and it does make sense, you know, and it's like, oh, no, this could be good. Um, this could work. Um, and you take, you know, the note on and you find the solution that just makes the project better. And a lot of the times they are begrudgingly. You write the notes, then you see you, you see the scene afterwards. You're like, hmm, okay. Yes. <laughs> this gives me more room to kind of then be able to enter this scene in that way and then play these dynamics or add this type of subtext. Exactly. And sometimes the note is a story note. Sometimes it's about the platform. Like this is something that we we can't really show in the episode yeah. because of, you know, this is our platform. It's it's a it's prime time. Or parental guides, because a lot of the time when you're writing for broadcast, or at least within my experience, even when you have a primetime slot, it has a daytime re-airing. So you have to write as if it's going on daytime. No, exactly. You need to embrace it. When someone sends you a note or gives you feedback, I think it's your, it, it also sort of shows your approach to life, you know, that you shouldn't see it as an attack on you. You should see it as um, an aid. This is an ally giving you help to make the thing that you're creating better. So the person's on your side. So I think how you approach it is really important. And I think you need to always be professional about it. You know, if you're not sure about a note, ask the questions, but also know how you are in a team or you're working with professionals. The way you respond is really important. Yes. I've seen really great writers respond beautifully if they agree with a note or not, if they need clarification, they, they always respond professionally. But I've also seen some writers go a little bit crazy, <laughs> read a note, and then it's like war. I can actually see them putting war paint on their faces. And it's like, I'm going to call that person right now. How dare they say that that doesn't make sense? Of course it makes sense. I know people that would do that. I know people, I've got friends that would do that. And it's like, no, but read the note right understand where it's coming from don't just knee jerk i think there has to be a lot of professionalism in you know in being a writer but i think you also have to scrutinize a note and see if it does bring value to whatever you're writing and designing and sometimes it's okay to say no to the note if you believe it's ex extremely central to what it is that you want to kind of accomplish 
Exactly. And the thing is, a script, uh, a mature script editor or script consultant would receive that. I mean, I had a story meeting late last night and I sent through a lot of notes in, uh, I think, a week ago. And they sent through the the new draft. About 70 percent, 75 percent of the notes were implemented. But the writer wanted to have this discussion with me because she didn't agree with some of the notes for a specific character. So the notes were specific for a character. And we went through it and she was correct. After like a three hour <laughs> conversation, she was correct. She made a case and she demonstrated culturally that that this character wouldn't say these things or speak in this way. They would speak in a in a sort of on the nose manner because of the character and the background and the motivation and the backstory and her coping mechanism to a trauma, you know, perhaps. So that conversation is important. And I'm not, I'm not a school teacher. So I'm not like, you take it or I'm marking you. I'm giving you a zero. I'm like, wow, that is really insightful. So in that discussion and conversation, I learned something about that character and the cultural context. I was like, wow, that is amazing. I think that makes complete sense. But I think it should just be clearer in terms of how it's translated. You know, because you might get the same sort of feedback from a viewer that you got yes. from, from me. So, but I mean, go with that choice. I support it. It's an enabling environment. It's not about right or wrong. And one thing, actually, I shouldn't say one thing, but one of the main things about specifically writing for film or for television, in, in my experience, my very, very short experience, is that your story is written about three different times. So even going into writing the script, you still have to understand that your story is your story until it leaves you because once the director gets it it becomes a completely different story and then even the editor themselves writes a completely different story so it's such a collaborative process that the 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 more closed off that you get sometimes the more hurt you can become when you see the final product and it's not exactly what it is that you had envisioned within script writing there's a lot of letting go (laughs) and there are a lot of battles that you have to kind of pick and choose which are the battles that you really want and which are the battles that you don't because film is not something which you can do by yourself because within books books theater poetry songwriting there's less collaboration or at least there are there are a lot less creative collaborators within the process so even when you're writing you're not just writing to tell your story you also have to make sure that you're writing clearly enough that the director and the actor knows what you want and then even when the editor gets it and they're trying to then revert back you're speaking to them as much as you're speaking to a lot of people <laughs> exactly exactly and and you make a great point in terms of you know, we're writing for a medium here. We're writing for the screen. There's a lot of writers out there. There's a, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talented writers out there. But sometimes you get a piece of work for the screen, if it's a script or if it's a, a TV episode. And it's very novella. It's very literal in terms of how it is written, you know. And then you have to ask yourself and the writer and producer, is this fit for the screen? You know, there's no sort of visual language. This could be, you know, a book or it could be an essay or a thesis, but it's not really. So I think there's a lot that goes into writing for the screen. I think telling a story, but telling a story visually. And I mean, that sounds so simple, but it's the main challenge that I face as a script consultant when I'm reading scripts, right? And working with with writers. It's the question of how does this in a conflict or how does this thing that this person is thinking or feeling translate in a visual way for the audience to understand and receive it because otherwise it's in your mind you know what's going on 
But, you know, everybody else watching it doesn't have a clue. So, you know, you have to test and you have to see, you know, if the story you've written or the scene you've written or the journey that you expressing on the page is a visual journey. And that really is important. But it's like raising kids. It's like what you were saying about development. It's like, you know, I, I, I find this. It's like one day I'm going to, you know, my kids are going to go out into the world and I would have, you know, hopefully done the best possible job that um, I could do as a parent. And I have to trust the process and let them go out into the world <laughs> and love. And that is the same thing with story. I think, you know, the development process is done. You need to release and say, oh, dear Lord, <laughs> I'm, a, you know, I'm lighting some people. I'm saying my prayer. Please let it be good. Please let the story be safe. Please let these kids be safe. Let them, you know, let it, let it go. And I think that is that is the process. It's a hard process. I mean, a filmmaker, Adzi Uga, he said that to me once. I said to him, you know, development ends um, in two months. And so we just have to get through this one script. Um, it was for uh, some uh, training initiative. Um, I was telling him to get through one script. He says, but Tracy, development doesn't end in two months. <laughs> development is going to end when I lock picture. he said when i'm done in the edit then the development ends because this is very and it sort of was it's such it's such a simple thing that he said and i knew this but i didn't really know it and internalize it so when he said it i realized yes i'm part of a much bigger process and he is so correct development ends when you know picture is locked and it goes out that's when development ends because it's always growing and evolving you know and and refining its shape and changing. So that story, it's a living, breathing thing. What is the current landscape of stories? Uh, because if a writer is wanting to know what the current market is, I shouldn't say what, what is the current market, but what are the things which are, where is the current landscape going in terms of what are the stories that people want to hear or the people want to kind of understand a little bit more about? I think it's really important to share information, but being the all-knowing eye of Sauron <laughs> uh, is I, I think it's 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 impossible I think the specialists give information and they share as much as they know but no one can really know every any everything and that is literally my philosophy so I think I've got a good sight of what's happening in the industry because I work as an approved story editor for the NAVF, National Film and Video Foundation, and also I work closely with AAA. I've worked as a reader for MNET as well uh, years ago, and I'm also a story editor for the KwaZulu-Natal Film Commission. So I do have sight of a lot of stories, and I think that's great. So I've got lots of information to share, but I do come from a place of sharing information and not ever saying that I know everything, because I also get surprised and learn on the journey as well. But what I can say, what I can uh, confidently say is that our stories are improving, they're getting better. Story and story development and what we see on the screen sometimes is a reflection of our own growth as a society and as individuals. And I mean, we come from a really traumatic past and we're just starting to understand the level of issues that we have come from, you know, as a people. And I think as individuals as well. So finding your own truth and finding your own voice and having the confidence to do that is a process. But also finding your own way of shaping story because a lot of the tools that we use and refer to, you know, are tools that are perhaps, you know, based on, you know, hero's journeys and, you know, save the cat and, you know, models that I think are really, really worthwhile and valuable. But there's also various other ways of telling stories because there's various 
ways of being. And I think we only just finding those ways. So we are using the tools and the guidelines and, you know, all the information that we can from all the other parts of the world. But we also have a certain way of telling story. And I think we're becoming more confident in that. I mean, you see that in films like, and I'm going to say it again, uh, Seriously Single. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tooting my own horn here. Thank you, Pibip. (laughs) But I mean... (laughs) Seriously single, but I mean, there's been a lot of other great films, I think. I mean, Carmen Sanjian made a fantastic film called Salvation. You know, there's been really, really good films. The Kings of Mulberry, Judy Naidu. And these are female oh, films. I love that yeah. film. That was such a nice kids film. It's a beautiful film. I mean, um, it's charming and it's so truthful. So I think we're finding, we're using guidelines and tools, but we're finding our own voice, right? And I think that it's evidence, you know, what we see on the screen and how we sort of engage with these stories emotionally. That's the evidence that you need that things are getting better in terms of creating stories that are truthful to the filmmaker, but also resonate with the audience and has a market. I mean, You've got films like, um, I think it was uh, The Kandasamis. I mean, that had a huge audience. And the same thing with um, Happiness, Bongi Salani's film, which was, uh, that was a box office success. So we are finding our voice and I think it is getting better. But the reason why we're doing that is because I think as individuals in a society, we are evolving and we're changing. And we, I think, are becoming better and more honest in terms of our lives and who we are. But we are also having conversations with each other. I mean, I speak to AAA. They tell me what, you know, they have in terms of information and their knowledge, which is very specialist in terms of what's out there in the market. And I take it seriously when I'm working with writers and I share that with writers and then writers share with me their process and I share that with AAA. So the conversations have to happen like this one that we're having, you know for the industry to, you know, to grow and be better and for us to find our voice as filmmakers. So then uh, in closing, so it's two final questions. So the uh, last question is, so if there's a writer who's listening to this and they don't necessarily have an idea, let's say it's they have either a script or even a, a story outline, what is a good first step for a writer to actually take in knowing the filmmaking journey? My advice is that Try and get involved in the industry. If you're an emerging or first-time filmmaker or writer, get involved intern. When you know that or you hear that there's a production happening or a film happening, ask, you know, do you need hands on location? You know, make connections, speak to the, the director on set, the producer, find out if they've got a minute, what the process was like, get, gather information, but also be part of it, participate. Don't be um, a person that's sitting only behind your computer and dreaming. You know, get involved, get into the trenches, right? Be part of the industry initiatives and the industry bodies. I would say go to the NVF website, right? Subscribe to the newsletter. Go to the GFC website, subscribe Gauteng Film Commission, subscribe to the newsletter. President Film Commission, uh, get the app, subscribe to the newsletter. Find out what initiatives and programs are happening because I can guarantee you there are so many for emerging filmmakers, emerging writers, right? For, um, you know, getting involved in industry events and programs and initiatives. And even funding for first-time filmmakers and even web series and a lot of... But there's even special initiatives for youth filmmakers and first-time filmmakers beside the normal funding cycles, you know? So get subscribed, first of all, subscribe to all those newsletters, right? 
join the WGSA, the Writers Guild of South Africa, right? It's going to cost you, I think, 700 Rand a year, but you can pay it off. You get all of the call-outs in terms of, you know, searching for writers, initiatives, programs, training initiatives, all of that, uh, if you are a member, so that you get information. And once you get the information, you'll see there are more options for you to get involved. So you've got a, you've got an idea, you've got an outline or a concept, right? You don't know that there's an, initi- an initiative, for example, happening at the NAV for concepts, for Spark, uh, because you haven't subscribed. But if you subscribe, you know there's a call out, you send through your concept, your, your outline, a motivation, and you might get into the program. Getting into the program is great because then you surround in, in a group of, in a form group filled with writers and script consultants and editors and mentors, right, working on your project. In that group, you will network. You will find out that the person sitting next to you works on that soapy and the person sitting next to you on the other side or across the table is a journalist or an intern for this thing, right? Those informal conversations, that networking is really important. I mean, the people that I work with, now the the majority of collaborators and people that I work with honestly those are the relationships that I made at Sadiba Masters we 12 and it's 12 people that um, we when we met we you know we we spoke story that was our language the common denominator the program ended but our relationship as friends and um, professionals didn't and we went on to make projects and we bounce things off each other. We've got our WhatsApp groups. We talk about things. You know, if we're not sure, we, we have these discussions about story. You know, we also play devil's advocate in terms of the things that we've learned and try and challenge and change it. So those relationships are really, really important. So I would say to filmmakers, first-time writers, first-time filmmakers, be part of what's happening in the industry. Be part of the industry body. Subscribe to a newsletter. It costs you nothing, but you will get the information when everyone else does. And there's a lot of programs and initiatives out there to cultivate and develop and help writers. And if people want to find out a little bit more about you or get in contact with you, how can they do so? I've got a website. It's storyoasis.coza. You can check me out on my website. I'm also on Instagram, the gram. See, I'm trying to use cool language, which is like really not my... <laughs> completely out of character for me. It's cool language because I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm Tracy... My handle, is that the word handle? Is Tracy Lee Rainers. That's the only real platform that I'm active on, which is Instagram and my website. I am on Facebook. I have got a Twitter name and all that, but I'm not really uh, very active on those platforms. I'm too busy working with talented writers. Be part of the group, guys. Thank you so much for giving us your time. This has been a very, very fun conversation. Also just unpacking writing because story is story is my world, whether it's within film, whether it's within music, or just even stories of the stories like what we're talking about right now. And I've learned a great deal from this conversation. I hope the people who've been listening have also learned just as much as I have, if not more. Thank you so much for giving us your time. This was fruitful and, and engaging. This has been great. Thank you so much for the invite. Thank you for allowing me to share this information. And thank you for my first podcast interview. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very, very much. I really hope what I've said and shared is useful for writers. And I am accessible, like I said, on my website. So yeah, good luck, writers. um, And happy writing. That was the 11th episode of the African Film Podcast with our special guest, Tracy Lee Rainers. Thank you so much for listening. 
As mentioned before, the African Film Podcast is made by Enraptured Odyssey, but I'd just like to take some time to acknowledge some of the people who were integral in the making of this episode, including our co-producer Kibare Wanjuguna, our voiceover artist Nomava Kibare, as well as the music composer Katleko Doshi Tema. We'd also like to acknowledge our sponsors who made this episode possible, the Brocast Showcase and the NFVF. If you are an aspiring filmmaker or are within the industry, I do urge you to check out the NFVF's newsletters and follow them on their social pages to get more information surrounding what is happening within the South African film and television industry. And finally, if you'd like to know more about the African Film Podcast, you can check us both out on our social media platforms, which is at African Film which is A-F-R-I-Q-U-A-N Film both on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter you can also check out the website which has the full episode notes from each of the episodes which includes what the film recommendations were the credit list and all that important information including the oral transcripts for these episodes so if you go to enraptured.africa and then go to the African Film section you'll be able to find all that additional information which may not be in the information information on whatever streaming platform you're listening to.